This week's big uh, Chicago news story was the indictment of former House Speaker Mike Madigan. In a 106-page indictment uh, that was two years in the making, we're now reading about elaborate political machine that bestowed favors uh, uh, and allegedly uh, brought Madigan and his people favors in return. With us to break down the indictment and to talk a little bit about the defense and the strategy here is one of the most prominent criminal defense attorneys in Chicago, Stephen Greenberg. He's represented R. Kelly, Drew Peterson, and a number of other high-profile defendants. Welcome to the show, Stephen. How are you? Good, Karen. How are you? Good. Can you basically break down what is the essence of the charges against Michael Madigan? Well, uh, in some ways, they're similar to what they alleged against uh, Rod Blagojevich, basically, that he was using state government to benefit himself personally. Uh, in this case, they're saying that uh, the, the, most of the allegations are that he would use um his connections in government, people he knew and so forth, and urge people to give business to his law firm. He's, he's got a very prominent business for getting tax appeals and so forth. So we'll help you develop to, to get this development going. But once you get the development going, you have to use my law firm to appeal your taxes. And then also to get jobs for friends of his, uh, many of who had retired from government, or were otherwise associated with them. So essentially, he used his position to benefit himself and his friends. I want to break this down a little bit about this tax reduction business. And, you know, there are lawyers, as you know, Steve, that that's what they do for a living. They it's a, It may be a bank, it may be a Burger King, it may be some business, and they have property taxes. And if you go and you appeal those property taxes, in some cases, you can reduce uh, the amount of those taxes. And there's nothing illegal about somebody in politics, whether you're an alderman or a state representative or, or someone in government, there's no, there's no law that says that you can't be in government and have such a business. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. Um, In getting ready to do this, I was looking at some of the articles and going back 20, 30 years, uh, the news media has been writing about this particular practice. What's kind of odd about it is it seems to be the chosen area for the most prominent politician, (laughs) which, which maybe makes it look like it, it that they're in politics because they can benefit from this tax business. The tax appeal business uh, is supposed to be based upon sort of empirical data, but in many ways it seems like uh, who you know and who files the appeal makes a big difference. Well, think about it. If, you, uh, if you're a bank owner, right, you've got this huge property tax bill, who am I going to go to? Am I going to go to some guy on Wall Street whose name I was referred to by by Karen Conti? Now, you know, or am I going to go to Mike Madigan, who is one of the most powerful people the state has ever known? Of course, you're going to tr- you're going to go to the person who is powerful because, as a client, you would perceive that person as being able to get the job done better, right? Right, right, and you're going to go to the people who. You know, in Mike Madigan's case, he was also the head of the Democratic Party. So he was the person who controlled the political career of the decision makers. I have people who will come to me uh, on a case, and, and sometimes they're very serious cases. I mean, I've had it happen once me on a murder case. Most they were talking to this other attorney, and, and the attorney says, you know, they know the judge really well, as if it's going to make a difference 
that they that the attorney knows the judge someone's going to get acquitted of murder and of course that's ridiculous but when you've got other areas uh sort of lesser involvement um civil areas you know decisions on lawsuits decisions on taxes decisions on zoning yes the the fact is that at least here in illinois People scratch each other's backs, and and who you know makes a difference. And that's why people end up getting in trouble. And, you know, I mean, I guess this is my opinion on this. It it just seems to me that it's a conflict of interest. If you're advocating to reduce property taxes, which would mean that the state gets less money or the, the city gets less money, and you're working for the city or the state, in order to make it a better place, how is that consistent? It seems like a conflict, but it is a, a legal thing to do, and maybe it should be outlawed. I mean, has that been discussed? I assume it has been. Well, I, I think they are always perpetually trying to say that it's unethical and the ethics laws are never getting changed. Of course, you're the same person setting the taxes, Right. And now you're moving to to reduce the taxes. And and that, in fact, Karen, is going to be the defense on these things, is that that is the way things are done in Illinois. Again, turning back to Blagojevich, uh, much like he tried to do in his case, and, and I think that the judge in that case uh, stopped him, and I, I disagreed with what the judge was doing. But here you've got... Um, Madigan, who's going to say, look, there was nothing illegal. There's no ethics law against it. There's no substantive law against it. I was doing the same thing everyone else is doing. These people were free to go wherever they wanted. They came to me because I was the best. And that's going to be his defense. And and, uh, the, uh, the part of the quid pro quo thing, too, is where does the line get drawn? Okay, so if I donate to a, uh, a candidate into their campaign, or if I do something favorable to, to, for a politician for some reason, why would I be doing that? Would I be doing that out of the goodness of my heart? Or would I be in a situation where I was... I wanted to curry favor and I maybe wanted to get a favor back so that if I had an issue that I needed help with in politics, maybe a road to my business or or something, you know, some sort of political uh, favor, where does the line get drawn when, when that is illegal versus just the nature of political um, uh, communication? You know, that that's the real question here is where is the line? Uh, some people say that the line is when the politician is no longer motivated by uh, what they like to call honest services, uh, the goodness of his heart. He's not doing stuff because he should be doing it. He's doing it because he was specifically asked to. And and, um, and there's a quid pro quo for it. And, and where that crosses the line, I guess, is what the jury has to determine in these cases. Can you just give us a couple bullet points of possible strategies for defense? You know, and you're, you're, you're picturing yourself in front of the jury making the closing argument. What, what are the possible strategies here to convince a jury that what Michael Madigan did or has been doing was politics as usual and not a crime? Right. And, and you can't say politics as usual because I think that everyone or at least most jurors think politics are dirty business and right. and somewhat criminal by itself. <laughs> so you, you have to say that there's no express promise here. He says, I'll see what I can do. But all he's doing is referring 
you to other people or all he's doing is making a presentation when it comes to the tax reductions. But what's interesting, Karen, they have not indicted him for obtaining tax reductions. They've indicted him saying that he told people, I will only help you with this piece of legislation if you then come to me privately. And and if they can prove that, that's a pretty clear violation of the law because you cannot seek to privately benefit from your public position. Interesting. And that's the problem for him. That's exactly the point. I've got like 30 seconds here, but I have to ask you about Drew Peterson. I know you were involved in his defense. He was granted a new hearing, which surprised me and many. Uh, Apparently it's set in sometime in mid-May. What was the basis for the judge allowing this new hearing where Peterson, by himself, without counsel, I guess he's now got some counsel helping him out, but his initial petition was done on his own. What 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 motivated the judge to give him a new hearing, to your understanding? Because Drew has pointed to uh, conversations that he had with uh, Joel Brodsky that were not part of the trial court record that raised concerns with the judge as to whether there were some improper things that occurred. And in that situation, he is entitled to an evidentiary hearing and to prove those allegations. And Joel Brodsky was one of uh, Drew Peterson's attorneys, uh, who has since, I, I, do, I do believe he has lost his license, at least for a time Correct. period. Yes. Um, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Please join us again. I always appreciate your input. Everyone, Stephen Greenberg, one of the best criminal defense lawyers in the city. Can you quickly give out your contact information? Sure. Uh, it is um, GreenbergTrialLawyers.com or 312-399-2711. They- uh, you, and, and, and true Kevin Bacon separation, the judge who drew Mr. Madigan's case, his father wrote the RICO law. Oh, my Madigan gosh. And is charged under. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Stephen, thank you for joining us.